When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to AMR Training, a podcast about training and racing and endurance sports. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. And I'm Sarah Wester Flynn, co-host of AMR Trains, joining you on a sunny and humid July afternoon from Maryland. Dimity, it looks as though you are in a much less muggy location right now. Yes. Yes, in fact, I am, Sarah. I am up in um, Steamboat Springs, Colorado, which is pretty much nirvana in my mind, um, especially in the summertime. I love the mountains in the summertime. And um, I think it's probably like 75, 80 today, zero humidity. Colorado does not have humidity. We do have a lot of dryness, but um, we have wildfires, but we don't have humidity. We don't have bugs. It's just, it's beautiful. The wildflowers are blooming. Um, the, you know, my mom and I went on, my parents um, rented a place up here. My parents live in Arizona full time. Um, so they're escaping the, the crazy, crazy heat in Arizona. And um, so my mom and I went on a hike this morning and saw some beautiful flowers. And it's just, um, I just, it, it's just a special, special place in my mind. Oh yeah, I bet. I went out to Breckenridge a couple of years ago in this, in this, this time of year. And I was like, oh my gosh, why don't we live here? It's so yeah. beautiful. Air is so clean and crisp, and then you come home to this oppressive heat of the East Coast. But well, I've lived here, so I don't. I know no different as far as like you know summers go. But yeah. I do know it. It's better in other parts of the country. Yeah, for well, sure. it's a little known secret. Yeah. Or it's a little maybe it's not a little known secret, but I mean I have to say if you have you know plans to come to Colorado and you're not a skier, ski resorts, the mountains in the summertime are just, I think they're better than the wintertime. I'm not a big skier anymore. So I love it. There's hiking, there's mountain biking, there's um, rafting. We're going to go like float the Yampa river. I mean, there's just so much fun stuff you can do. So, but Sarah, like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's, that's me. (laughs) I'm floating and hiking and doing all these things. Meanwhile, you are training the mugginess hasn't slowed you down for training for the Twin Cities Marathon. Tell us a little bit about how your training is going. It's going really well. Um, I just on Sunday hit 15 miles. I'll be hitting 16 this weekend. Uh, So I'm kind of in like, you know, the build phase. I'm not quite to the 20 yet, but 15 was a big um, day for me because uh, I had done 13 the week before and just didn't fuel enough. And so I was, and it was happened to be 90 degrees or something by the time I finished and I was (laughs) pretty dead. And I just was kind of like, not quite happy with the way that I approached it. And I just, you know, had a lot of negative thoughts swirling around. So then the sweat past weekend, 
Um, I tackled it completely differently. I set a better course for myself that I was able to get water um, at three points during the run and that helped. And I fueled, I mean, gosh, you know, I've been running my whole life and like you would think that I would know to fuel when I'm running for two hours, but um, I fueled correctly and I feel great. So, and then the rest of this week so far, um, everything's felt good. My legs felt good. Little niggles that I was having before kind of working those out. So I'm, I'm on a good path towards Twin Cities right now. I like it. I like it. And you have um, a family connection as a coach. Mm -hmm. So you you looked at the AMR plans, which I love, and you could easily follow any of those. But I got to say, when you get a free professional coach uh, <laughs> or a professional coach for free, I should say, I mean, you snap up that offer. So tell us about how what that is. Right. So I'll give a shout out to my sister, Rebecca. She goes by Beck uh, Wassner. And uh, I wrote a blog post for AMR about this, about she, how she kind of held my hand for my first uh, marathon, I should say. Uh, and it was, didn't go very well. I, I consulted her very late in the game. This time I consulted her right away. And I was like, I have all these training plans I have access to. I love AMR training plans, but I need someone to keep me accountable and she's, she's actually a professional triathlete, uh, and she's a former elite marathoner. And so she has, you know, a few tricks up her sleeve and she's, <laughs> she's she seems, also, yeah, yeah. and she, she just is very, I, the way I describe her is just like gentle, but firm. And she will not bug me, but she like gently like, Hey, how's it going? And she, she put me on a training training peaks to put our, my workouts in there. And she sees that I haven't updated it. You know, I get a little text from her. I love it. Cause it's a really good way for us to check in and yeah. just chat. We both have a lot of kids. And so it's good for us just to like have this one-on-one -on -one time as sisters, but also like, she's just a really good coach. Um, she actually helped me get back into, get into triathlon, um, and get back into the pool after 20 years when I was like, I'm done. I'm not swimming anymore. She was like, I'm going to give you a training program. And I went from being a total like fish out of water to like winning triathlons in the span of a year under her tutelage. So I, she is a great coach. She works well with me. Um, so she's given me this great training plan that works with my body, which doesn't do mileage very well, like lots and lots of mileage. So sure, sure. Um, I have swims and I do lots of cross training as well. So that's great. That's yeah. great. Well, and yeah. so this is just, just to back up a tiny bit. So you are running the Twin Cities Marathon in October. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. This is your second marathon. I mean, you wrote a blog for AMR and we'll link to that if people want to get more background, but your second marathon, but not, it's not like you just did your first one two years ago, right? Tell us about that. It was 22 years ago. <laughs> okay. so it might have been a lifetime ago. And it was just post-college. Did it on a whim, really. I don't think I even had like a seven, eight week build up at that. Um, and I didn't do well. And like, it was a disaster. And because I didn't train and I just had college athletic fitness because I was a runner in college. But um, I wrote in the blog how I like lost all my all of my toenails, all 10 of my toenails. So clearly wow. I wasn't doing something right. Shoes were too small. My feet weren't used to the mileage. I hadn't built the callus that you need. Um, and so, you know, I don't really count that as like a marathon when people ask me, I'm like, I did one a long time ago and I've done a yeah. lot since. So I've done like lots of half marathons, lots of triathlons, lots of five K's, 10 K's, but the marathon was always like, I wrote in the blog. It's something I put up very high on a shelf. I was like, I don't want to touch that for a very long time, but here I am 22 years later. It's been long enough. There so, we go. There we yeah. go. And you're not just coming yeah. back for like number two, you're coming back 
for number two with a serious goal. So let's, ah, yeah. what, yeah, I, mean, I'm just, I mean, I'm like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So tell <laughs> us about that, Sarah. You, would say, yeah, you have to, you have to speak your goals. You have to manifest, right? So I'm manifesting qualifying for the Boston marathon. Um, every spring when it rolls around, I'm like, why am I not there? Why am I not on that starting line? And granted it takes a lot of time before that to plan for it. So last year I decided that 2022 is going to be my year. And then I realized that when I signed up for the Twin Cities Marathon, that it's actually going to be more like 2024 might be my year because we're advancing to 2023 in April for Boston. If I qualify in October, I can't run until 2024. Yeah, because you missed the, the, the cutoff of for the 2023 race, right? Right. And that's fine. You know, I think if I have the qualifying time, I'll, I, it's not like I'm going to give up. I think that would motivate me even more. And so, um, I was hoping that I could do it this spring, but if I qualify and get the time, then I'll just, you know, hold on to that and, um, to hopefully get there in 2024. So that's the goal. And I know my pace and I'm hitting that and work in training and, um, it feels somewhat comfortable, you know? So I think that I have a good shot if I don't get injured, knock on wood and, um, you know, stay positive and stay, stay training safe. Even though what we're saying with this weather is horrible, but I can, you know, figure you out get through it and then it's a downhill it's beautiful yeah. and then twin cities marathon day it's just going to be awesome and yeah i mean yeah i'm just really excited for you and really proud of you for putting yourself out there like um you know this is you're relatively new to amr and putting out a big goal like that on a public stage is um <laughs> it's a little intimidating i mean i i know that and i think you know i think um it's just it's so I just want to let you know, like, first of all, I'm super proud of you. Like I was telling you earlier, like I almost feel maternal towards you, even though I'm <laughs> thankfully not that much older than you, but I am older than you. Um, but I just think like, I'm just, I'm excited to see you go for it. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I have a different, I'm in a different spot in my life where, you know, going for something really fast and hard and intense is not in the cards for me. So to see you do that and kind of cheer you on along the way, like it kind of gives me goosebumps. So, and I'm just here to say like, awesome. If you great, if you get it, of course, like we're going to, but we're going to love you no matter what. (laughs) And we're here to help you rebound if you don't get it. And if you do get it, we're going to celebrate with you either way. Right. I mean, that's the thing that I just love about, um, big goals is that like we, we, I admire people that do it. And I also know that sometimes it doesn't always turn out that way and that's, Mm -hmm. it's okay. You know, and it's okay. And I've learned that now. I mean, apropos to what we're going to be talking about on this show today, um, you know, the younger me probably, you know, wouldn't have put a big goal out there because I was afraid that I wouldn't get it. And I would, I was afraid of how people would respond and people would, um, you know, think less of me because I didn't get that goal. And I, I know somebody who would used to like not share her races. And, you know, I would, I did that too, actually, in triathlon, even in triathlon, sometimes I would be like, show up to a race the day out without telling people because I didn't want anybody to worry or looking at me. Now I'm like, whatever, put it out there, put it out there. And like, if you do it great, if you don't, there's always another race. Well, and- it almost reminds me of, um, have you, have you been watching, did you watch the, the world athletic championships at all, Sarah? Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh my God. I was just, I was loving that. Although I always Mm -hmm. felt it's called a wake world track and field, but it's the world athletics, whatever, but watching Sarah Hall in that marathon and at the, Mm -hmm. like she was running as best she could, but she was also like riling up the crowd and having a good time along the way. And I just feel like that's the best of both worlds, you know, like 
pushing yourself, but also enjoying being out there and showing up for, for the joy and also the intensity. Yeah. And it's actually women like that, women in the AMR community who have done multiple marathons and like keep, because for so long, I was like, that's just a distance that I can't get through. And now I'm like, these women do two or three marathons a year. Granted, they're professionals, but there's so many women in our community who do that and their body can handle it. And they're no different than me. And, you know, you just have to be smart with your training and enjoy it. Like Sarah did, like she can tell she's having a great time. And so, you know, I, I do draw inspiration from so many women and even more so, and like not seeing people as my competitors anymore. I used to be so competitive and I'm still competitive, like deep down inside, but I don't let that rule my emotions as much. Um, you know, I want to, I want to just go and have fun and enjoy Twin Cities because I've never been there before. So you've never been there before, and it is honestly a race for for it's a race that you won't forget. I mean, never ne- never mind that it's a marathon. You you won't forget a marathon no matter where you run it. But the Twin, I mean, it it is just a phenomenal course, phenomenal crowd support. Just and, and the right for me, the right size, of course, like field, you know, like Chicago Marathon is also I mean, every, every marathon is very fun in its own little flavor way. But I love the size of the field at Twin Cities because I mean, I remember watching Chicago one year live and we were like mile 18 or 19. And like you still if you were looking for somebody like it would still be very hard to spot them because the hmm. it's just the runners are just that thick, you know, at that point hmm. where usually in a lot of races at that point, they've really thinned out and you kind of have some space in between runners. So anyway, I'll be yeah. cheering for you very loud. We're going to have oh, to figure out what sides. Maybe I'll even, you know, maybe we even need like a, you know, a Sarah run, Sarah run shirt or something like that. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> super excited. And, you know, it's just been so fun just to be part of this crew. It's been almost a year now. And I know I was thinking I about that. I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't with, you know, from AMR, I would have been keeping that marathon goal of, you know, at arm's length. And so now it's just been like the AMR effect where I'm like, I can do this. Like, look at all these wonderful people around me who are do- crushing things. And it's just giving me so much inspiration. So thank you yes. for, oh, you're for welcome. We're bringing excited. me on board. Yep. Well, so. well, speaking of the AMR effect, I think that's more just like a runner effect and the, and the, uh, and the energy that comes from being around runners and listening to runners. And today we have a really exciting show for you. We're thrilled to have yet another crossover show with our OG AMR podcast hosted by the other Sarah, Sarah Bowen Shea, SBS. These two episodes will have something for everyone, no matter what age you are and no matter what where you are in your running journey. Yes. In this special running through the ages crossover show, we're showcasing women representing every decade of life, including the teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. We have a wonderful slate of women with a variety of backgrounds to share their stories as runners right now in whatever stage of life they're in. And so today we're bringing on the youngins, the little ankle biters in my world anyway, (laughs) but not really. They're adult women. Um, We have a teenager, a 16-year-old. Um, a 20-something, and a 30-something. And then on Friday's AMR show, SBS is going to chat with a 40, 50, 60, and actually a 70-something to round out how we run through the ages. 
I am so excited to hear their stories and we can all attest and relate to how much you learn and grow and evolve as humans and especially as runners with age and experience as we were just talking about. There's so many lessons to be learned and I think these women representing different stages of life will have such a unique perspective to share about their relationships with running and how they factor it in despite whatever is going on in their worlds. Uh, so before we begin with our guests, I'm curious, Dimity, what's the one big thing that you would tell your younger runner self? Oh, gosh, that's such a good question. And I would actually love to hear from other people on this as well. I mean, I think it's really important to balance like intensity with grace, right? And so, you know, when you are 20, when you are 30 and you have big goals um, and you want to go for something that is a reach for you, whether it's, you know, a sub two hour half marathon or a running a marathon in general, or, you know, trying to go really fast in a 5k or whatever it is, like, go for it, put yourself out there, but then also have some grace when, you know, maybe the cards don't lie the way that you want them to, whether, you know, you know, maybe you're trying to have a comeback having, after having your first kid and your body wasn't ready for it yet, or um, maybe you're, you know, you run into, I mean, so many people run into, um, issues coming up on race day, you know, just like, oh, I, you know, the, something fell through with the babysitter or with my kids got sick or whatever. And you kind of have to be like, okay, not my day. Um, or I was up all night and now I went to go run the marathon and you know, not my day or whatever it happens to be. And just kind of realize that like, unless you're trying to make your living from running, which I imagine if you're listening to this podcast, that probably isn't the demographic that you're in. Um, or, you know, stand at the podium, you know, because I know, Sarah, you you are definitely um, have had that experience in your life. And you're going to talk about it in a second. But um, I just think trying to push yourself, but then also give yourself some grace, a little bit of love, you know, you know, give yourself, okay, for 24 hours, I can be really mad about how that race went. And then I'm going to keep moving on because running brings so much to my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I totally agree. What do you think, Sarah? What's, what's, yeah, what's your so, answer to that question? I know there's so much I would tell my younger self, but I think in the grand scheme of things, I would just say, focus on progress and not perfection. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, I, my first taste of running uh, right out of the gates was, was to, was being among the best. And I didn't really have a chance to experience, um, what I would consider like failure until college. And then I kind of went downhill and I just spent a lot of time in college, just dwelling on how like bad things were going and because I wasn't winning. And if I had just kind of flipped the script a little and just said, Hey, like, first of all, like you said, it's not the end of the world. There's always something else. And College athletics is tough. There's a lot of pressure there, but I put so much more pressure than necessary on myself at the time because I wanted to be the best. And I didn't yeah. look at the fact that there were so many factors that were working against me in college, coaching wise, injury wise, nutrition wise, just a lot of things were not setting me up to be my best runner self. Yeah. But and, you don't know that at the time. I mean, that's the thing. You know, like, yeah, you're yeah. giving yourself grace now with that. But yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying because yes, mm -hmm. I've been in a similar position. You're like, wait, especially when you're coming from a winning background and you're like, wait a second, what am I doing wrong here? Or why, yeah. why isn't it still going the way that it's always gone? Right. And you do think at that time when your, you know, frontal cortex or whatever frontal lobe is not developed completely, it's the end of the world. Like this is it. And yeah. I'm done. Like no one is ever going to, you know, 
hire me for a job because I've got, <laughs> I did think that like college, yeah. you know, recruiters are going to see me, you know, job recruiters going to see me lose a race and, and not hire me. And that mentality was so toxic. And I feel like if I were to look back at, you know, a little 20 year old Sarah and say, everything will be fine. And Hey, you're going to have another chance. And I did have another chance much later after having kids, I got back into running and I had a chance to like taste that glory or if you want to call it and triathlon, I, I did pretty well. Um, I think I had a lot of unfinished business to attend to because sure. I didn't fulfill my potential in college, but you know, it just, it's not so black and white winning, losing second place, third place. It doesn't matter. Like just see like some kind of progress in wherever yeah. you're going and know that, you know, it's okay if you have setbacks, because now I think I wish that we had the narratives that we have in, in the media and social media today with so many runners and athletes sharing their setbacks back yeah. then it was like zip, like you didn't hear anything. It would just be like, this person's really good and everything's yes. <laughs> you know? saw was their times, right? I mean, you, you saw, saw their times. Time. You yeah. saw their bio, you saw their, mm -hmm. their headshot maybe, and some pictures of them in action, but there wasn't any yep. of this like behind the scenes, here's how I'm really feeling. You know, I, there's a lot of, right. a lot of, uh, reasons to kind of get dismayed about social media, but this isn't one of them. I like that. Yeah. We get to so I so think much. That's, we get a 360 there. Yeah. So it's helpful and, you know, but, and we, we made it through. <laughs> so we made it through just, well, and we've got yeah. so much. And when, when you hear the, the interviews with these ladies, um, you're going to realize how wise they are beyond their years. Mm -hmm. And being a runner, I think, makes you that um, almost yes. inherently. So um, so let's get yes. to it. All right. Our first guest is Sarah Seam, a 16-year-old from Gaithersburg, Maryland. You know, we really love our Sarahs around here. It's going to confuse everybody, but she's Sarah Seam. <laughs> Sarah is actually one of the athletes I coach in cross country and track, and I've had the privilege of watching her grow and bloom as a runner and as a person over the past couple of years. So welcome, Sarah. Hi. Hi, Sarah. We're so glad to have you here. Thank you for joining us um, and talking to all of us, you know, moms across the country. So tell us how you got involved in running and um, how long you've been a runner. Yeah, so... I was actually going to my brother's meets and supporting him and his friends because he had been doing cross country middle school and he was going to do it in high school. And so I just went to watch and his coach um, invited me. He was like, just come run for us. Just come run for us. And I was like, I was a little hesitant at first because that's not something I had like stepped into because in middle school, I was very athletic and I did a lot of sports, but running wasn't something that I did. And so he was just like, just try it, just try it. And I was like, okay. And so I just did the workouts like day by day. And then slowly I began to get this huge love for it that just couldn't, I couldn't stop. So I kept going and I've been running for about two years now. So nice. Nice. So what sports did you play in middle school? So I did basketball and a little bit of gymnastics. Okay. And did you like in basketball, I imagine like you ran like shuttle runs and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, did you enjoy running when he yeah. like suggested that you maybe come out and try? Yeah. Cause I was like, I would always brag about like, Oh, I'm faster than you. I'm the fastest. <laughs> Whenever we were in gym, I would always like be sprinting down the field and I would always talk about it, which is now it's like the connection is like so real. Cause I'm like, wait, in middle school, I always like, I feel like I had a connection to running, even though I never ran, 
but I always felt like something was there. So, mm-hmm. and it it's worth noting that your brother is your twin brother. So, yes. <laughs> the fact that he's a runner and you're a runner now, it's not too surprising, but you had to discover that on your own, I guess. Yeah. Right. Without, so, you did play sports growing up, but you weren't a runner. You didn't do track, you didn't do cross country. And then you start running and you're like a team leader and you're one of the best on the team. So did that competitive spark happen right away or did it take a little bit of time for you to develop that like instinct of runner's instinct? I think for long distance, it took a little bit of time because it was like, you know, you're kind of, you're running, it's harder to like measure that. But when it came to running like the 400 meter or the 800 meter, there were definitely people who were always next to me. So I could like fight with them for the um, end or for the first place or whatever place that I was going for, I was able to do that. But as I learned with cross country, I'm able to still fight for that end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so did you, so did you start with cross country and then go to track? Because I mean, here in Colorado, where I live, cross country is fall and track is spring. That might be, is that pretty universal actually, Sarah Flynn? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so, so running is pretty universal with sports, okay. high school sports. Yeah. Okay. So Sarah, Sarah Seam, <laughs> did you start with cross country? Did you start with track? Yeah, I started with cross country and then I eventually did track. Okay. Okay. And so um, cross country, I mean, that is, you know, that's a different mm-hmm. uh, mentality to be out there. So how long is a cross country course for us that are not deep into that world? Um, so it's a 5k. Okay. 3.1 miles. Mm-hmm. 3.1 miles. Yep. Yeah. Miles. Yep. And then, and then in track, what, so you said you do the 400 and 800 Are those your two main events or do you do other stuff? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I've been, I mean, I've done the mile like twice, but I usually just do four and the eight. Okay. All right. All right. Well, so what have um, some of the biggest surprises or lessons you've picked up so far about yourself um, as you have become over the past two years as you become a runner? I've realized that running is definitely more mental than physical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like really this track season has shown me that on another level. And I've learned that like, even when I'm tired, I'm still willing to do another rep or another set or whatever it takes. And I'm always willing to show up and the discipline behind that, like it also stems from the love that I have for running because I wouldn't be like showing up and discipline myself if I didn't love the sport so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I can attest to your hard work. Sarah is the hardest work, working girl on our team and usually is with a bunch of boys and just like is holding her own. And she came to practice Long after our season was over, we were still training some kids who were going to nationals and she just kept showing up and then had a great PR in the mile in a July track meet. meet. So her hard work definitely paid off. Nice, um, nice. Uh, let me ask, can I ask one follow-up question here before we go to the next one? Um, so when you say it's more mental, have you kind of figured out what you do, like what you can say to yourself or how you kind of tame your brain for lack of a better phrase, Sarah? Yeah, so I... I try to break the races down sometimes how we work out like for example like the 800 meter I've had to like I break it down as a 400 a 200 and a 200 whereas before I just thought of it as two 400s and last year I struggled with the 800 so much like it was it was like I don't want to run it like I hate running it 
But this year I was able to, as I kept going to invitationals and races, I was wrapping my brain around it and my times went flying down. And so once I can get around it mentally, then I can physically push myself to do it too. Mm -hmm. And I think that just takes a level of maturity too. Like you're growing, like you're getting older and, you know, just experience helps with that, but you are a good, true student of the sport. And um, so I'm curious about what you love the most about running and then what you loathe the most about running. And if it's the hard workouts, you can be totally honest. I won't be offended <laughs> as your coach. <laughs> I don't know if this has, if it relates, I mean, it does because when we train, it is hot, but I think it is the heat and it is hills because the lactic acid just builds up and I try to, I'm like, one more rep. And I'm like, I'm trying to go up and do it because my brain is like, yes, yes. And my body's just like, no. But um, what I love about running is when I can go on long runs or group runs um, and really both train and have a bonding experience with my teammates. Yeah. I was just about to ask you, the group runs, I mean, that's a big part about adults running together, especially adults that are maybe just, you know, running to finish a race and not necessarily um, go super, you know, or stand on the podium, right? Yeah. Um, and that's a big time for us to connect and, you know, and have great conversations and laugh and whatever and catch up. And I mean, so do you guys do that as high schoolers? Is that a good, is that also like a good just conversation time if you're doing a nice, easier long run? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Do you, so you, are you close to your teammates? Yeah, there's, it's like, there's a team and then there's like our little family, like in the team Yeah. Um, that we, that we know that like all the time that we'll go on long runs and then we just like catch up with the week or like our progress or whatever, like we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. I love it. it. Yeah. And that's something that you're going to have for the rest of your life. I always say like, you know, I think I'm a, sometimes a better friend because I can, really have a nice open conversation when I'm running. Like I'm a better friend when I'm running because like, yeah. that's when I'm really like listening and engaging. And I have that one-on-one -on -one time with other people. And that started in high school. And then, you know, my best conversations have been on the run. So that's a good thing to have. Totally. Totally. Okay. So Sarah, you are going to be a senior this coming year in high school and you are at the cusp of like big, exciting changes in your young adult life. I'm sure you're sick of people already asking you like, what are you doing? What are you doing next year? Um, we're not going to ask you that, but we're going to ask you where you see yourself heading in the years to come, like both as a student and a runner. So what, what, what are some goals or some places you want to see yourself? So I definitely want to run in college. That is one of my goals and what I'm really going to be focused on this season. But as a student, I definitely want to go into medicine and try to find a way to give back to people and help them. Nice. That's so admirable. Yeah. So do you have any um, running, big running goals as far as like bucket list races or something that's like, you know, written across your bedroom wall right now? Like what's your big, big goal? Um, right now it's to run like uh, under 20 for my 5k. Um, but I definitely do want to do, I'm getting ready for a half marathon. And then I definitely want to do a marathon at some point and maybe an ultra marathon. Mm -hmm. But um, I think right now it's to go to nationals. 
nice. in track. Yeah, in both track and cross country. Mm -hmm. That's great. I like to hear it. <laughs> Sarah's like, Sarah's like, okay. I didn't coach her like, before this interview at all. Yeah, I didn't tell yeah. you what to say, but I love hearing that. So <laughs> the, the cat is out of the bag. Well, and I'm curious too, and this is a little off the beat. I did Sarah, your coach did not write this down, but I'm curious, like if other teenagers think like what they think of you as a runner, like you obviously your little team, your little bubble of your cross country and track teammates are obviously understand why you like to run. But I'm curious if like you have other people in your life that you have to kind of either explain it to or if they or if they just support you or I don't know. I'm just curious, like what it seems like to be a teenage runner, because that's not as um, common as I think it, I would like it to be, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I do get a lot of support at school, especially when I'm walking around. I'm like, oh, my gosh, good job. Like cause sometimes they'll announce um, the times and the places and stuff. And my friends will always be like, oh, like you run, you can do this. And I tell them, oh, I just went on a long run. Like, and they're like, oh, how many miles? And I was like, oh, like seven. They're like seven. And so they're, <laughs> and so, yeah. And then some people will ask, oh, you run in circles for fun, right? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I do. I know I've gotten that. I still get that. Believe yeah. me, like, why do you yeah. run for fun? I'm like, yeah, at this point, like, it's not just for fun. It's also for yeah. a long, you know, healthy lifestyle and yeah. and everything else, all the benefits of running. But yeah, that's like yeah. the tried and true high school, like response. When you tell people that you run track, you run in circles yeah. for fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think cross country runners are total badasses. Of course, speaking from one myself and now as a coach, um, it's the toughest sport. You know, don't let those football players or soccer players yeah. tell you otherwise. It is tough, and like yeah. you know, it is a you're you're a trooper, and like you're you know every day going out there and running in the heat, especially it's a tough sport. Totally. So Sarah, we have uh, moms right now of teenagers, probably not that many teenagers, but maybe some of your friends and our, our teammates will be listening right now. But I bet there's lots of moms out there who are like, oh, I wish my child would run with me, or maybe join cross country or join track. You know, it's not the, as we're saying, it's not the, like, you know, the cool sport yeah. necessarily. It's not, it's not the easiest sport. And so what advice do you have for reluctant teens who may be a little bit lukewarm about running? My advice is to just start a lot of the times, like even now I'll like beat myself up about not going a certain pace or going or like reaching certain goals that I have. But I have to remember that, you know, I'm still a developing runner. I'm not experienced and I don't know all the tips and tricks. And that even if you run like a 12 minute mile, like it's still something you're still going out there and running, you're still putting in the work and that it's not ever going to go away or never be worth it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, um, Sarah, there, is there anything like when you don't I, I, I imagine you might have lapses in motivation, maybe in like summer training and stuff when you don't have, you know, your teammates or, or a coach yeah. telling you to go. Like, do you have little tricks that you like? Or do you have like a playlist you like or something that you do to kind of keep your like, OK, if I go do this, then this or how do you kind of get yourself out there when you'd rather not go? Um, well, part of it is not giving really giving myself like a chance to settle down because if you know if I hit the couch or my bed you know there's a 90% chance I won't get up and run <laughs> I just kind of make excuses oh I'm tired oh I don't need to go 
But just like when I get home, just to put on my shoes and head out there and not um, put like pressure, even if it's a temper run, if it's a workout, just going out there and taking it one by one, because, you know, I, I'm still going to do the workout. The workout's going to, because like, I'm not going to leave halfway. It's just the way that I think about it. And that's how like the mental part comes in instead of thinking about, oh, I have to do 12, 12, 12 hills and so just think about, okay, I'm going to just do this hill and then this hill. And then it adds up to 12. And so it makes it easier for your brain to break it down. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. We always say run the mile you're in, right? Don't mm-hmm. think about the next one or the one after that. I use that every single day when I go mm-hmm. out for a run. So I started doing that when I was in high school, just breaking it down. So thank you, Sarah. It's been so great to have you on. And I'm so excited for you to, for this this year. You're going to have an amazing year. Um, and so it's great to get you before the season starts. And I know you've been working hard. So keep mm-hmm. up the good work, the hard work. Absolutely. Good luck, Sarah. Thank you. And um, yeah, hope you have a great uh, senior season. Thank you so much. Next up, we have our 20-something Carly Block. Carly is a 24-year-old living in Morganville, New Jersey, and she has been a runner for about two and a half years. She is in her second year as an occupational therapy doctoral student at Keene University in New Jersey. Very cool. Welcome, Carly. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. So full disclosure, Carly is actually my second cousin. <laughs> Her mom, Hope, is my first cousin. Um, and while we do come from a family of a few runners, Carly wasn't always one of them. She was a competitive gym- gymnast for a few years or for many years, I should say. So Carly, tell us what made you pick up running a few years back? Um, so it was partially the end of my gymnastics career. So I kind of needed something new to keep me active. So I didn't lose all of my strength. And then also in um, 2018, my mom and I were in Disney and we happened to be there at the same time as the Disney marathon. And we kind of just sat there and we were like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so then we thought about training for it. And then a few years later, we actually started training for it. Very cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and I got to say a quick sidebar, Sarah Washner Flint, thank you for sourcing this whole podcast so far. That's awesome. I love that. I have a lot of interesting people in my life. I'm happy to bring them on the podcast. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And reaching out to people. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So Carly, back to you. So two and a half years ago, um, we were in the thick of it with a pandemic and we're still obviously have some, some serious clouds over our head. But as a college student, I imagine it must've been really tough when life as you knew it came to a grinding halt. How did that impact your marathon training and did it help or hurt your motivation? Um, I would say it kind of helped and kind of hurt. Sure. So I was in my senior year, so I was getting ready to graduate. So I kind of came home and needed something to do. So it got me outside and it got me running, which definitely helped me a lot. But also my mom and I had planned to do the Disney marathon in 2021, but because of the pandemic, it was canceled. So I had lost my motivation to kind of get stronger because I didn't really have a goal to reach for at the time. Sure. So, so you, um, so just to back up, so you saw the Disney marathon running and was that the, the impetus to start running? You were like, okay, I want to do that. Or I want to become a runner or was it a little of both? It was a little of both. I kind of wanted to run the Disney marathon cause I'm a big Disney fan and I thought sure. it was really cool, but also I've always wanted to be a runner, but I also never had the motivation to be one. So it kind of was my little push. Mm-hmm. Right, so those puzzle pieces and- interlocked nicely. 
Yeah. And you mentioned Carly that you weren't able to do the actual Disney marathon, but you and your mom did it virtually, right? Yeah. We actually ended up flying down to Florida and running it on the Disney property, but we didn't actually win a medal or do the big race. We kind of just did it on our own. Yeah. Wow. So how did, how, how did you do that? <laughs> like tell us, cause we, I know we've got a lot of Disney fans. So tell it like, did you run on the actual, like around the parks or what did you do? Um, so we ran around the hotels because we didn't want to pay to get into the parks. <laughs> um, so um, we stayed at the Polynesian resort and that's right near the magic kingdom, which has a lot of resorts over there. So we kind of just ran back and forth between resorts and in front of the magic kingdom until eventually we hit 26.2 and we made sure our ending point was in front of the entrance to the magic kingdom. And my dad and brother were there with like a little finish line of paper towels for us to run across. (laughs) It was really cute. Yeah. I was so impressed. I remember seeing that that post and being so impressed that you really did it because that takes a lot of just Gut, like not only guts to do it, but also just planning. And like, you could have said, forget it. We'll do one in our neighborhood. We'll do it next year. But you like really went for it. Um, and then you actually did have a chance to do a Disney marathon, right? Or was it a half marathon? It was a full marathon. Okay. Yeah. So, so what year did you and... do that, Carly? I did that this year. This year. Okay. Okay. And yeah. how did that differ? I mean, kind of a dumb question, but I'm just curious, like the <laughs> DIY versus the organized version, like it was a lot more fun yeah yeah and a lot easier to do because when we were doing it around the hotels there wasn't a lot to distract me so I was kind of just thinking about how we were going in circles for so many miles but when um we were doing the real thing everywhere you look there's like the castle and there's Disney characters and then there's everyone cheering you on and my um brother and dad and sister and my sister's fiance were meeting us at as many spots as they could with signs. So there's definitely a lot more excitement and a lot more distractions, which made it easier and more fun. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Um, I also want to mention about your love of Disney. It goes deep. You actually work there as an intern. And so I know many people in this audience would love to know how you scored that job and what it entailed. Um, so I applied to the Disney college program and through a few months of interviewing stuff, I ended up there. And then I was fortunate enough to get my dream location, even though it's very random, but I just got lucky. And so I worked in Be Our Guest, which is the Beauty and the Beast restaurant. Oh, wow. And yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of work. I was basically just serving and cleaning tables, but pretty much get to work in Disney and then go to Disney as much as humanly possible <laughs> for five months or more. Wow. 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 That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Right. It's kind of exclusive, right? They don't pay people to do it. Yeah. Not everyone can be their guest, but Carly can. That's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Um, Well, so did you pick up any behind the scenes scoop during your internship that gave you a different perspective when you finally got to race in the park, when you went, when you went back and did it? I was always, I have never done the marathon myself, but I, I, and I've only done, I've done princess, gosh, once or twice twice I can't remember and we did the one over in the Walt Disney land too that's California correct yes yeah so we've done I've done those half marathons and I was always surprised at like kind of they they do take you a little bit behind the scenes I mean probably just to get the mileage um but like I'm just curious like what about you having worked there and then run through it like what was that experience like it was very interesting because where I worked we 
it's a little far back and in Disney or in the Magic Kingdom, they have tunnels under. So I'm very used to the tunnels, but the marathon didn't take you that way. So I got to experience a lot of new things behind the scenes, but you kind of realize how normal it is once you go behind <laughs> everything. So once you walk past or like through the gates of um, like the exit of a ride, you realize just how normal everything is mm-hmm. back there. All the magic is kind of poof. Yeah. It's kind of like its own magic. Yeah. Because you get to see a lot of different things and kind of like how they make the magic in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's okay to see as an adult. I think if you were like, you know, a six-year-old, well, maybe they wouldn't even notice because they'd be so blown away by (laughs) everything in front of the curtain, you know, but um, I, I enjoy it. I love seeing like the behind the scenes and how it, how, how to make the man, how they make the magic happen. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And are those tunnels you're talking about just for employees? Yeah. And they do, I think they actually do tours in the tunnels too. So you can like pay and they tell you all about them and stuff. But for us, it was like, there's locker rooms down there. There's a cafeteria and things like that. That'd be cool if part of the marathon went through the tunnel. (laughs) I would. a selling point for sure. I miss being able to go down there. So I would definitely be up for that. Yeah. How neat. So let's move on from Disney and talk about. (laughs) you as a student, because part of being a 20 something is, you know, having this tough course load, you graduated from college, but now you're a PhD candidate. And, you know, that's like going out for a mile here and there, squeezing in a workout is one thing, but like you're training for a marathon or you're training for these big races. So it's daunting and exhausting. You know, I've been there before. Uh, so what is your approach to fitting it all in? Um, I, I think my biggest approach is just being able to be flexible. So I have my set days where I try to run like Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, but because school is so crazy and you never know when an exam is going to be thrown in, or even I live an hour from my school. So even just hitting traffic, you just never know what will happen. And so I've become very flexible with, if I can't run on a Tuesday because I have an exam Wednesday morning, maybe I'll do it Wednesday, but just sticking to my plan as much as possible while also having a lot of flexibility for school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have friends that run Carly? Um, not really. I have a lot of family members who run. Yes. Yes. And we established <laughs> that for sure. Oh yeah. Um, Even on my dad's side, we got okay. runners everywhere. Okay. So, 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 I mean, are you a solo runner though? Most of the time I run with my mom actually. So we ran both the marathons together and we've trained together mostly. Okay. So like if you, if you are, I mean, I realize that you're coming off the marathon in January. So, um, and we'll talk about what, what your future looks like or what upcoming races you want to do in a second. But like, so would you do the, all the long runs with her or how did you schedule that? Like you say, okay, we're going to do 16 on Sunday or what'd you do? Um, so we follow the same schedule and then we try to run together when we can. And then if we can't, I'll run on my own. So it kind of just depends if it, if our time falls into place. So as it gets, as it got closer to the marathon, we tried to do as much as possible together to make sure our paces were similar since we wanted to run the whole marathon together. Mm -hmm. Um, but it kind of just depends on where our schedules fall. So sometimes I'm with her and sometimes I'm not. I gotta say, here's another aside, but the fact that Sarah Wassner Flynn, you get coached by your sister and Carly runs Mm -hmm. with her mom, like Sometimes family relationships aren't that smooth. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> impressed that you have these close relationships about something that can be, you know, pretty intense at times. I mean, is it is yeah. it like 
like, do you and your mom get, like, tell us about what it feels like to run with her. Are you guys chatting? Are you, have you ever hit any speed bumps or is it just kind of fun or I'm just curious? Um, it's mostly fun. I definitely, she has more motivation than me, unfortunately. So I kind of use her as pushing me when I don't, like, if I don't think I can keep going or if I'm slow or anything like that. Like, so luckily we have no fights when we do it. And she, but she definitely keeps me motivated. Yeah, that's That's That's... it's very unique to have a mother and a daughter running together. I've only met a few in my life who've done marathons together because you guys run like every step together, right? Yeah, we did the whole thing start to finish together. That's amazing. I mean, it takes a lot of dedication to one another and, uh, you know, commitment to say, okay, like we're going to match speeds and be together because that's a long way to be together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's one thing to say, like, we'll, we'll both run the marathon and we'll see you at the finish line. You know, it's another thing to be like, okay, I'm there for you step by step. So that's, that's very mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So two marathons in this like two and a half period, two and a half year period so far, Carla, that you've been a runner. Are there other, have you done other races in there as well? Or are those the two kind of highlights at this point? Um, those are the highlights. Before I became a runner, I did a few 5Ks here and there. But other than that, just these two marathons. Okay. Okay. Well, so, um, like what, what have you learned, um, you know, about yourself over the past two and a half years? I've learned I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was both mentally and physically, because I never thought that I could even come close to running a marathon. I used to give up after a mile and now running 10 miles is like a nothing for me. Mm-hmm. So I learned I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was. That's awesome. Yes. So what's next? Do you have another marathon on tap? Are you taking it easy because you're in this crazy school work or what's going on? Um, we have another Disney marathon planned for January. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So yeah. number three. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Do you guys have any, I mean, uh, again, I'm not the biggest Disney person, but I do know that there's like the dopey and the goofy where you do consecutive races. Have you guys ever like thought about doing those? I said I wanted to. My mom doesn't think that she would want to. Maybe one day. Right now, I I don't know. The back-to-back days seems a little bit hard. I feel like I'd be too sore, but it would definitely be a dream to do either a goofy or a dopey. Well, yeah. you are stronger than you think you are. So you never know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm curious, and I'm glad that you're going back because I really wanted to ask this question and it would have felt like a non sequitur, but costumes, do you guys coordinate your costumes or is that not really your thing? Yeah. So last year we waited a little too last minute for it. So we just did matching shirts or matching okay. tank tops, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to try to go a little bit all out this year it's really hard to predict with the weather so we weren't able to like plan if we wanted to get like matching leggings that went with the character or anything it makes it a little hard but i definitely want to do some form of costume right. yeah do you have a favorite character or anything that you would dress up as um i'd love to do something beauty and the beast because that's besides the fact that i worked at the restaurant that's my favorite movie and that's my mom's favorite movie so it would kind of work pretty well Oh, you guys can both be Belle. That would be really cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Carly, do you, you're still really young, but do you see yourself doing this forever? Um, I know life will change and things will happen in life, but do you feel like you're, you're like now, like once a runner, always a runner? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I found that I like it a lot more than I thought I would. So I 
don't think I'll stop unless life forces me to. Yeah, that's great. And if it forces you to, and you have to take a break, then you can always come back, right? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to see you. Thank you. It's great seeing you too. Yeah. Good luck with everything with, with school and with training. January was still a little bit a ways away, but you, (laughs) yeah, it's coming right up. So Oh yeah. Yeah, for the, you. the training starts pretty soon, doesn't it, Carly? So, yeah, we, so we actually the started it. <laughs> yeah, you did already. Good. Yeah, good. we were on vacation last week. And then today or yesterday, I actually started it again. Great. Oh, good. Awesome. Great. All right. Well, thank you again. for joining us, Carly. That was so thank fun. Thank you. Good luck and, and tell your mom good luck too. Tell her that she's done a great job. That's fun that you guys run together. <laughs> thank you. Awesome, we'll do. Awesome woman. Yeah. Tell her I said hi. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Our next guest represents our 30-something crowd. Jamie Ash is a 36-year-old living in Alexandria, Virginia, where she leads a very full life as a major in the Marine Corps, who also just finished her third year for a PhD program in American foreign policy through Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies in Washington, D.C. Oh my gosh, just saying that sentence makes me tired, let alone uh, what you're doing, Jamie. On top of that, she and her husband recently adopted two daughters, age 14 and nine, and they are foster parents as well. So holy cow, Jamie, I can't wait to talk to you. (laughs) And then on top of all of that, Jamie is an accomplished endurance athlete currently training for the Marine Corps Marathon this October. She's also done an Ironman triathlon. Most of her training was done on a ship during deployment which is amazing. And she has a bunch of other races under her belt. So that's a huge introduction, but welcome, Jamie. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I look forward to chatting about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we look forward to hearing about everything. So Jamie, um, you know, we're talking to people from all different uh, ages and stages and you are a 30 something, uh, but you definitely have a lot on your plate, like we just said. Um, And you also have a rather common experience of starting a family during this decade. But as we just mentioned in the intro, your path to becoming a mom wasn't necessarily straightforward. Can you talk a little bit about your adoption journey? Of course. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a little weird. I was thinking about that um, a couple of days ago for something else. And it was like, you go from one day, just my husband and I have been married since 2009. You know, we live, we've been, he's military as well. So we've been separated and together and all that. And then you go one day from that to immediately having two fully functioning humans <laughs> that yeah. you're now part of your family responsible for. Um, you know, there's there's no easing. And um, our adoption's a little bit different because we didn't actually foster our daughters, um, even though we are foster parents. Um, so we did the waiting child program, which is for through foster care, but that's actually where children's um, parental rights have already been terminated. Their goal is no longer reunification. Um, so they have this program of out there that not a lot of people know about. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a very unique experience. We went into fostering initially because we were going to be in the same place for a while. And we really believe in the foster care mission of, you know, reunification, maintaining relationships with bio families. That's very, very important to us. Uh, and then we kind of found out about the waiting child program and decided to pause our fostering, adopt through waiting child. And now we're kind of shifting back to our fostering um, role as parents here in Virginia. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. so much change in such a, a short amount of time. And like yeah. you said, now you have two fully functioning humans in your house that you didn't have before. 
Um, so this, since this is a running podcast, how has your relationship with running had to adapt and change since becoming a mom and also while continuing to foster other children? It's just been uh, crazy, I think, because uh, I had the, we had the added part of COVID, right? So we were matched with our daughters in um, May of 2020, which oh, wow. meant height of COVID. They're in Atlanta, Georgia. So we had to fly down there for visits. So, you know, this is right when we're starting to say like, oh, maybe you can run outside a little bit. You can get off your treadmill. Um, so adjusting with that, traveling down to Georgia every you know, two to three weeks trying to have like two days with the girls to get to know them so they can get to know us overnight. So you kind of do this evolution. Uh, and then they moved up to us in September of 2020. So still again, height of COVID. Um, they moved in the middle uh, after the start of the school year. So they're in virtual school. I'm in virtual school. My husband's working from home. So trying to find any sort of time to go run or do anything um, was very, very challenging, I'd say. Um, but it was a nice way of getting to know the girls. Like we got them bikes and they went on run or biked while I was running or we'd walk the dogs and then I would run and then come back and meet up with the family and things like that. So it was, it was definitely a different way of having to learn how to incorporate running into my life with the girls because it wasn't, and postpartum is almost kind of like injury return, right? Like you you return to running at the same time. This was, I had no reason not to be running um, other than the fact I had two daughters now that I had to learn how to be a mom to. Um, and I think I kind of underestimated the mental load of that. That wasn't, how do you balance training with parenting with school was definitely a mental challenge for me at that time. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I mean, I think, co I mean, COVID threw a wrench into all of us and then to bring in, because they were, so they were what, like 12 and seven when they came to live with you guys? 12 and eight. Yep. 12 and eight. Okay. Okay. Um, well, and because one of the things that I know for me, like running is so important, um, exercising is it's stress release and it's a time to um, have either quiet or, um, or like what I want to listen to, <laughs> you know, like not necessarily their music or their conversations. Um and I imagine that you were probably craving that a ton. Just, I mean, because, you know, you, you've you got this whole new situation and the world is just done a 360 or 180, I guess. So, I mean, did you, did that, you just said, you know, you, you might've needed it more than you thought. I mean, did that factor into it? Did, did you realize that at the time or were you just kind of, just kind of getting, putting one foot in front of the other and getting through every day? I think for the first month or so when the girls moved here, it was just putting one foot in front of each other, trying yeah. to get through the day. Um, and I think my husband and I kind of looked at each other at one point and was like, you need to go for a walk or a run or something. Like he yeah. said to me, and I was like, you're right. I do. Like, you know, you just feel the tension in the house and you know, when you get, you don't have that release. And so I think after about probably six weeks of the girls being here, we realized we really have to make a concentrated effort to get out the door and let the other get out the door whether it's, you know, he likes to go lift weights, I like to go for a run, I miss biking, um, swimming at times, um, which both my girls now did swim team for a while, which was awesome. So I'd go and get in laps that way um, or returning from injury, running in the pool while they were doing swim practice. So it was definitely, I had to kind of shake myself out of something to get to that. You have to make time for it no matter what. Um, and we kind of made a pact between my husband and I to do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah. Cool. And speaking of time management, are you naturally regimented because of your military background or do you struggle just like so many of us with like fitting it all in? 
turns out I really don't like working from home. <laughs> so when I was doing schoolwork from home without like the regimented classes or schedule, I really struggled. And I think um, I didn't appreciate, I thought I'd have all this time during my PhD, like not having to follow someone else's schedule in the military. And I, I really do miss my schedule. I used to get out at lunch every day for a run. Um, or if I got really bad emails and I needed to like respond to them in my head, um, that was what I did. My Marines knew that I was going to go for a run at lunch. That was just that's what the ma'am did, they say, you know. <laughs> um, and so I really missed actually that regimented schedule that I had. And so it was it was a long adjustment both in my PhD and then when the girls came. Um, so I don't know how people do time management without a schedule being imposed on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I'm curious, uh, this is a little bit of a detour or maybe a rewind, but did you start running in the military or, or tell us a little bit about how, why you, why and when you started running, Jamie? Yeah, so I was actually uh, recruited for swimming to the Naval Academy. Um, okay. So I was a diehard swimmer my whole life. I actually did synchronized swimming for years and my coach made me start doing speed swimming <laughs> um, oh, wow. as like a workout for it. Um, so I took synchronized swimming as far as I could go and then actually got recruited to the Naval Academy. Um, I'm a backstroker. So started running at the Academy because you do have to take a physical fitness test. It's push-ups, sit-ups, and a mile and a half run. And you do that twice a year. Um, and so that was, you know, the worst day of every semester <laughs> for me. I how not how fast do you have to do the mile and a half? Uh, it's at the academy. It's pretty fast. I think for um, to get a hundred is like a ten minute or ten thirty. I remember, and for uh, men, it's like nine something. So it's it's it gets easier actually in the fleet. The academy is like the the yeah. higher. Um, mm. Yeah. So that was uh, it was definitely challenging, but I think I was able to kind of get through it because of you know it's Division One swimming, so you're in shape. Yeah. Uh, but I mean. <laughs> our coach used to make us do dry lands or we had this route called an inner that was a three mile run. And I just remember like cheating on the three mile run. Cause I didn't want to run three miles. <laughs> like I was Can not a runner. in the military? Is that allowed? <laughs> <laughs> not on the actual test, not on the test. It was just, just with my swim coach. And he usually found out and punished us with the you know, 500s in the pool. Um, and then I, so I decided to go Marine Corps um, to pursue a degree. They were going to pay for it. And so I put Marine Corps as my first one and, I'm pretty sure the entire swim team was like, you know, you have to run three miles twice a year now in the Marine Corps. Like it doubles. And everybody was a little nervous that I wouldn't be able to do the three miles. Um, so have had a background in running, but it was a while before I embraced it. Um, once I graduated from school, though, I didn't look at a pool for a good four or five years. Cause I think that's, you know, most college athletes, if they don't go pro, they're like, I'm not touching my sport for quite a while. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of a bumpy road to getting to running. Um, on a whim, I signed up for the rock and roll LA half. Um, I had never run anything else other than my three mile fitness test. <laughs> uh, went to that and just like imploded. I told my husband, I was like, my goal is to run two hours. If you'd asked me what pace I needed to hold for two hours, I would not have been able to tell you. I didn't have a watch. I didn't do anything. I ran like a 201. So somehow I, you know, Wow. Got, got it, it out, man. That's yeah. awesome. All it, that endurance from swimming, right? Yes. Yeah. Did, was, you, did you train for that, Jamie? Or, or like you said on a whim? I mean, but did you say, okay, I, I signed up for this on a whim, but now I'm going to train for it? Or what did you do? I didn't know how to train for running. So I maybe ran two, three times a week. I think the max I ever got up to was like seven miles. Um, I was stationed on Camp Pendleton at that time. And so they have these amazing, just, you know, dusty hills and I didn't have a GPS watch. So I have no idea how long, how far I was running, what pace I was running. You just yeah. go out at lunch and run hills for 
30, 40 minutes and then come back. Uh, so it was definitely not the normal path <laughs> running. Mm -hmm. um, it was the same way with the, my first marathon, which again was my second running race, half marathon and marathon, because I'm, I don't do things the right way. <laughs> uh, completely on a whim, signed up for it and then deployed less than three weeks later. So it was training for a marathon in Afghanistan, um, which that's where my love of running really happened. Turns out I really liked that eight to 10 mile distance. I just had never really run farther than five miles. So I thought I just hated running, <laughs> but I needed to get into that groove you get into with um, longer running. And so that's really where I started to like, oh, okay. I kind of like this sport. I like this. Wow. 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 I've heard of people training for marathons and in the Middle East and Afghanistan. I'm like, how do you do that? You have to do lots of loops the same, right? You were, you really weren't able to go far. I imagine. No, I was on a pretty big base though. I was on Camp Leatherneck, which is was one of the biggest bases in Afghanistan. Um, and so there were a lot of up and down roads and very dusty. And I used to wake up very early on Sunday, um, to beat the heat. I also didn't realize Afghanistan was at altitude. So that first mm. couple of runs, I thought I was way more out of shape than I was. Um, but yes, it was many laps and laps and laps around Camp Leatherneck. I know it very well now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Good for you. And what, what uh, marathon were you training for? Uh, it was the Marine Corps Marathon. Okay. Um, and again, I just on a whim told my husband, this is, I could never do this again if I tried. Uh, I told my husband I wanted to beat four hours because that just seemed like, you know, a goal that people put out there. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to try to beat four hours. Crossed the finish line and my my watch said like four and change. And I was like, oh, I'm, like I didn't do it. And it, the timing system was all messed up that year. And so maybe like two, three hours later, we're driving home to Virginia Beach and my husband's just laughing. I was like, what? He's like, you'll never believe your time. It was four, zero, 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 zero. Oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, well, I have to run another one now. I didn't break four hours. <laughs> that's like, you couldn't, you couldn't even plan that, right? Like, I couldn't do it again <laughs> if you tried. So that's, that's impressive. Um, well, you know, we've, we've mentioned now we've talked a lot about your accomplishments and everything that you've done, but you've also had a recent setback and you had pretty serious hip surgery last year at sidelined you for a while. So can you share a little bit more about that and where you are with your recovery? Yeah. So actually like, um, three years ago, I was training for Boston. I qualified, was pretty excited because I missed the first one while I was deployed, um, and broke my foot in three places, like out of nowhere, had no indications that it would have happened. Um, so it turned out that it was actually an underlying hip issue, um, excess bone tear. So they had to go in and do like shave down the bone and repair the tear. I was non-weight bearing for two months. Um, wow. Wow. yeah, it was, it was a pretty brutal recovery. I think I was cleared to start run walk again, that was in the summer of 21. So I started, was able to do run walk in January, February of this year. Um, so that's definitely something uh, about the thirties. You don't bounce back from injuries as fast as you do in your twenties. So I wasn't fully prepared for that. Um, it's, I feel like once you get to a certain place and you're running, you kind of feel weird about walking at times. And so that mental getting over that mental thing of like, you have to walk, Jamie, like you, you have to, there's no way you're going to get back in shape if you don't do a two minute run, one minute walk. Um, and I'm still kind of in a run walk phase right now, just because lots of up and ups and downs had some complications from the surgery. And so that's been a really hard pill to swallow. I have to say like, and you just feel so invincible in your twenties running, uh, or doing any sport that injuries now, like your body needs a little bit more love and care and time. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> and I think sometimes yeah. we're willing to give. 
Yeah, definitely. Are there other ways, Jamie, that you feel like you've like changed and evolved as a runner in now that you're 36 versus, you know, when you were when you were doing those three miles, three milers at, at, with the Marine Corps? I, I think I'm a lot more careful about what I want to race and what I want to focus on. Like I do have really big goals. Um, the year I broke my foot, I'd actually qualified for Boston and Kona, the Ironman championship. And wow. I thought that would just be such a really cool thing, right. To run Boston in April and then Kona in October. Like how many people could say they, they got to do that. Um, and so the broken foot kind of derailed it. I did race Kona, um, but it was like, you know, five months after a broken foot. So it was kind of a walking marathon more than a running marathon. Um, and so I feel like now that I'm a little bit older, I have to be a little bit more careful with, I want to do a half iron man, but I need it to be the right one. I need to look at the course a little bit better. Um, I don't run well in heat, especially, I feel like that's something that just has gone away from my twenties. I'm from Alaska though. So I like, I never mm. ran well in heat. <laughs> <laughs> that's in your bones. Yeah. 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 Wow. So yeah, what about, to- um, do you do, I mean, when you're looking now, obviously this is kind of a rhetorical question, but, um, you know, like when you are looking at races, do you have to kind of look at your girls' schedules? And I mean, I'm just curious, like what that feels like to be like, okay, so it's not just like when my husband and I want to go or, you know, I mean, cause Kona, like Kona as either by yourself or with your husband is very different than a family of four in my mind. Yes. Very, very different. Um, I don't think I was prepared for my added um, new job of being a chauffeur for my daughter's sport. Yeah. Um, which I, I love, I didn't, you know, that's something that you don't really think about, but like watching your kids play sports is such a fun experience. But, uh, like my daughter just made gymnastics team. So now she's got, she's nine and has six hours of gymnastics a week. Um, my oldest is trying out for volleyball and now we have a volleyball schedule. And, um, if my daughter misses a single gymnastics one, she has to make up for it. So it's kind of looking at races now in between schedules or, you know, like around holidays, um, like we're looking at an Ironman, half Ironman that's in Mexico right after Thanksgiving. Cause we're like, Oh, family vacation. I could race. Like I love destination races. Um, like I said, my husband and I were married in 2009 and we didn't adopt the girls till 2020. So we spent many years, uh, traveling, going to many different mm-hmm. countries, different races. Like it was, um, we enjoyed that time beforehand. And so now adjusting it is definitely a, a challenge, but also awesome because, having my girls there at races. I'm very much looking forward to it. I haven't had the chance mm-hmm. um, to do that yet, but yeah, it's definitely changed in terms of logistic planning. Yeah. But it seems like you've done a couple of races at least with your girls, right? I saw some pictures on your Instagram. So has that been a way for you to bond with them and just have a shared experience and a shared love of running? Yeah, my youngest is definitely still in that like mom is cool phase. You know, we haven't quite <laughs> hit the, the tween years yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did the girls on the run program for a semester and they had their 5K at the end and parents could run with them. And that was, you know, the highlight of her year. She really, yeah. really loved that. Um, we did the Parkway Classic here in DC where I did the 10 miler. My husband did the 5K or 10K um, and my daughter did the, you know, the mile dash and she got to do that. We've yet to get the teenager out to any races, though. She is not a fan of running. Uh, okay. I think she'll be a, for a rude awakening in high school volleyball when she has to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can tell. My daughter played high school volleyball. They had to run a mile. Like they had, they it was it was not a it was not a mile and a half in a ten thirty. I can tell you that. But it was definitely had something around it. Some time yep. time commitment. Um, well, cool, Jamie. So so d- just curious, like where do you see yourself in ten years? You know, in your forties. 
are you going to still be doing like big endurance events like marathons and triathlons? And of course, you know, we're not going to hold you to this, but I'm just <laughs> curious, like where, if you fast forward 10 years, where do you see yourself? I, I think I still do have really big goals in terms of running and triathlons, just because I feel like there's been a kind of a black hole of years for me where I was doing well and, and really enjoyed it. I think that was the biggest thing because I would, I missed how much I enjoyed racing and how much I enjoyed running. Like when you come out of an injury, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you yeah. just, you have to keep reminding yourself, like it feels terrible now, but you'll get back to that point where you loved running. Um, so hopefully in 10 years from now, like still racing, I mean, women triathlon triathletes in their forties are insane. Like that's actually 40 to 44 is one of the most competitive age groups in triathlon. Yeah. So. Tell me about it. <laughs> it's, I mean, they can bike for days. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, so I would love to still be competing. Um, who knows where the military at that point will have me. Um, that's always the hard part. You know, my daughter's like, where will we be when I'm in high school? I'm like, I have no idea. Um, so we'll see. I have six more years in the military until I can officially retire. Um, I don't know if I will at the 20 year mark or not. Um, so hopefully 10 years from now it's, it's racing. I'd love to get back to Kona. My husband was actually deployed when I raced there, so he didn't get to see it. Um, so yeah, I would really like to do that. Been denied mm -hmm. Boston twice. Would really like to race Boston. Um, got, got some yeah, maybe do like coming ahead. Yeah. 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 Lots of fun things ahead. So, awesome. all right. Well, thank you, Jamie. It was really great to chat with you. You're, you're just an amazing woman and so much um, already you've done in your life and so much to come. So, and you do like, you know, everybody at the age of 30, something like, you know, we were all very different, obviously in our, in our lifestyles, but I think you've kind of checked off a bunch of different buckets that a lot of women can relate to. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun talking. About, I realized I haven't talked about running in so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're always here to talk about running. Just just, yep. uh, just tune in or give us a call. Yep. And just to remind you guys, Sarah, Sarah Bowen Che will be talking to a 40-something, 50, 60, and 70 on Friday's podcast. So tune into that. <laughs>